this is Dom Bettinelli, and I'm usually joined by Jimmy Aiken and Father Corey Stika, but this time we have a special bonus sponsored recording for you because we have the opportunity to share something special with you. As you may know, or may not, if you're a Doctor Who fan, you may know that David Tennant, the 10th Doctor, has his own podcast called David Tennant Does a Podcast With. Well, it's had one season, and the second season is about to drop. And the first season included, among others, James Corden, who was in two episodes of Doctor Who with Matt Smith, including the episode The Lodger, which we'll be discussing soon. Corden's now the host, I think, of The Late Late Show, and he's famous for doing, you know, carpool karaoke and that sort of stuff. But this season, David Tennant will be sitting down with people like Dame Judi Dench, Stacey Abrams, Jim Parsons, Elizabeth Moss, and more famous people that he will be get a chance to interview because... He's a famous celebrity, and it's also a chance to hear them share stories and laughs and for us, of course, to hear David Tennant's awesome Scottish accent. So we've been given a preview excerpt to share with you, our audience, of David's interview with Jim Parsons, who you may know played Sheldon on The Big Bang Theory, which is a great joy for me because I loved The Big Bang Theory when it was on. So we want to point out first, though, that if you do listen, there is some cursing in the podcast, including in this excerpt. So uh, just be aware if you have kids around or if you're sensitive to strong language, uh, F-bombs or that sort of thing, uh, there is one in this episode, in this excerpt we'll share with you in just a minute. So new episodes of David Tennant does a podcast with will be dropping every Tuesday on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts starting today. We hope you enjoy this excerpt. We'll be back right afterward. Oh God, you're unable to rejoin this meeting because you were previously removed by the host. Oh, man. I mean, what world do we live in where you can't have a second chance? (laughs) That is brutal in its finality, isn't it? It really is. It's like, sorry, do you see me? There you are. Thank you. Thank you. We've done it. Hello. Um, I'm very, very touched that you said yes to this. Thank you. I'm thrilled uh, to be here. I told you I started listening once I knew that I was going to do it. Huh. It's wonderful. You somehow set the table for a really nice conversation with people. Oh, that's there's always a first time for it to go wrong. Well, it's true, and it could be the guest's fault. Hello. <laughs> David Tennant does a podcast with Jim Parsons. I've noticed that in the podcast, I'm always interested to see how somebody's going to say their name. Like yeah. Whoopi Goldberg was very like, I can't even say, but there was an enthusiasm behind it or whatever. There was an exclamation point when she said it. That's true. There was. And I can I can hear it as you say that. But there was also a kind of Whoopi Goldberg. What the fuck? Absolutely. There was a kind of I am allowed to be here. I do. Yes. It's interesting, isn't it? How we say our, I never feel particularly comfortable voicing my own name i don't either it feels awkward and clumsy in my mind i could not agree more and we've had to do it in our profession a lot like in a in a much more formal repetitively formal way than i think most other occupations would ever understand constantly getting in front of a camera saying jim parsons uh six foot two um reading for the role of whatever yeah yeah or some version of that Slating ourselves, I think we call it. Do you call it something different there? Uh, We would understand what that meant, certainly. What would you say? I don't think we've even got a term for it. Yeah. You Americans are better at having terms for things like that. 
so that you is that true? Them. I think it's true. Yeah, we okay. would just go. Oh, just say say your name. Say your name and uh, give us right. your agent's name. Well, I would prefer that actually. I don't like. I don't like that it's got its own name. To be honest with you, it seems like such an informal, silly little thing that it doesn't deserve its own title. That may be true. Did you ever do those auditions where they would make you hold up? They wouldn't even get you to say it. They'd make yeah. you hold up a card yeah. with your name on it, like you were a prisoner um, of war. It, well, but back to our point about having to say your own name as if you're going to get that wrong in some way. And I don't mispronounce, but like give the wrong message. Ah, yes. Like that's not a good case. Don't trust them. Write it down. But you're right. This prisoner of war. <laughs> that's amazing. It's not a good look for anyone, is it? No, no. But you remember too the old Polaroids? Oh, yes. Everything was Polaroids. And yes. In fact, on set, it was always Polaroids. Like like costumes and makeup would have like those huge binder rings That's with true. the hole punch through the white part of the Polaroid with like all your different looks. Like a Rolodex. For every scene. Every scene. The thing I've always wanted, as you see, Polaroids, they will have existed on every big, I mean, now it's all done on people's iPhones, but yes. they will have existed on every big movie. Why is there not a massive black market in Polaroids of... <sighs> Al Pacino in filming The Godfather 3. Or, I agree. I, I, I've never understood where they all go. Well, and not only that, but it's not just like, it's not just a behind the scenes look. I would say a majority, and if not a majority, at least 50% of actors are complete jackass goofballs anytime they get a continuity yeah. picture taken. Yeah. And so you get some really sometimes tragic especially of your own if you feel that way about yourself but but some f- real gold from these pictures of people like yes. people like al pacino or whatever pulling some facial like when would he ever do that but it's yeah. on set and getting continuity shot and they're all gathering dust in some i guess you have to assume they weren't somewhere. Like burned you know yeah Oh, no, somebody's they got were kept. I, you would just think that there'd be a thriving market for that kind of memorabilia. Well, I mean, I don't know that everybody knows outside of our industry, and maybe well, it just hasn't know. occurred to the type of... They do now, you know. We might have opened the floodgates here. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. I don't have that many of me, because they transitioned by the time I was doing it. Yes. Well, they, it's, it no longer exists, but I remember it very vividly. One of my first big TV jobs, I remember I did exactly that on every... Polaroid, and again, this goes back to one's own <laughs> one's own sense of self, one's own um, feeling that you have a right to be there. On every Polaroid, I felt the need to sort of pull some goofy face or lark yeah. about, and until about a month in, the makeup designer, who was quite a stern lady, went, "This, I am a professional doing my job, and you are no. not allowing me to do my job." Stop. And I got really, really properly told off. Yeah. <gasps> And it, I, I've never I heard suddenly that. felt like a five-year-old schoolboy, and and ever since. Oh, I'm, I'm sure really, you did. Oh, I was gutted. I don't. I don't respond well to being scolded. No. How does it make you go? Does it make you punch mm. back, or does it make you wither? Uh, no. Oh, I mean, much later, like going over it in bed at night, going, God, I wish I'd have said like. You know what? Yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah, trying yeah. to make the world a better place. How sure. you know? But at the time, at the time, no. I I just want to crawl away. I just yeah. uh, I don't I don't I I think I know that I have a fear of authority. Mm. That's a real thing. I mean, mm. I'm conscious of it, so I try not to let it get in my way. But in all honesty, I mean, that's what that stems from. To take of this course. serious with the, wow, with your makeup deep. story, we've gone but, deep but, fast. but it's true. I know that's what it's about. It's like yeah. I because I would agree with her to a degree. You are a professional. Yes, she was right. That's why I you withered. are. You are the authority in this moment, and so mm-hmm. 
I'm kind of having as much fun with it as I can because I, I don't know. I just, I stop everything I'm doing to let her do whatever she needs to do to get her picture or whatever. And you're in her hands. And then mm. to, to find that you've misbehaved in that moment. That Awful. It's a bad feeling. And it, and it was the first time I'd had like a, like a, like a, a decent role in a big TV show. No, I was, oh, little, I was like number three. I thought, oh, this is, no, this is fine. I can do this. Yeah. I'm like, sure, sure. I can goof around. And in that moment, it was like, no, you, not only do you get this wrong, you don't deserve to be here. Go back to Paisley. Yeah. All that, all that. How old moment. were you? Oh, 30. Yeah. Early 30s. So you and I both, I guess, then were later in being in the kind of work that you would be recognized for or working with honest to God, constant professionals all the time, not, not kind of rotating in and out of, I do a commercial here and there and then yeah. I'm back in the garage doing whatever, which is fine. Yeah. I don't, I yeah. had a great time doing that, but yeah. Yes, probably actually not dissimilar. What age were you when Big Bang Theory happened? When Big Bang started, I was 33. Right. Okay. I was probably about 33. That's the story I'm telling yeah. was probably about, it was a show called Black Bull, which was, Kind of the first time I was in a kind of leading role on the TV, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, yeah. I considered that, I still consider that's been a real blessing for me that it, my trajectory happened the way it did. That, that it didn't happen to you when you were 18? Time-wise, yeah. yes. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have been able to handle it, no. for one thing. No, I was a I was a late bloomer in some ways. Not that I was ever irresponsible to the, well, I mean, sure, I mean, but, you know, I, like I wasn't a tragic case or whatever, but uh, but I wouldn't have known how to compute all this kind of stuff at all. Right. Even just being on set in, in that kind of pressured environment, or I would have made it very pressured for myself. I know I would have. So that's it from us. We hope you've enjoyed this recording brought to you by David Tennant does a podcast with. We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the seventh Doctor story, The Happiness Patrol. Until then, I want to thank Father Corey Stika and Jimmy Aiken for joining me on The Secrets of Doctor Who on our regular basis. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for joining me on The Secrets of Doctor Who on StarQuest. <laughs>